Christ was like that once for you. The spark of life left his body too. His body, his lifeless body was hanging on a tree. It had to be taken down. It was wrapped in cloths and put inside of a tomb for three days. He was dead for you until he wasn't anymore. And the spark of life returned to his eyes. His limbs started to move. He stood up and he started speaking and appearing to his disciples. That is the resurrection power that Paul says has been given to you. This is what he says. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead has raised you from the dead. And this is your next note if you're keeping track. You have abundant spiritual power. You have power to live now. The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. The text that we'll be diving into today comes from Colossians chapter 2, verses 7 through 15. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, See to it that no one takes you captive through a hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human traditions and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised you from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, God, made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is God's word. I'll ask you to pray with me. Dear God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there are so many among us who are searching for a full life, a peaceful life, a healthy life. There are so many parents who work so hard to give this to their children. There are so many searching for different ways, different opportunities to find fullness. I ask you to work powerfully today through your word to increase in us our understanding that in you we have the fullness of God. Amen. Somewhere in this world, there is a teenage girl who feels like she's got to wear all the right clothes 
so that someone will notice her. She feels like she's got to walk up and down the hallways of her school with the perfect smile plastered on her face so that people will be friendly to her. She feels like she's got to, to, to be in the right programs and say, in, say the right things that she will be noticed and loved and cared for, or at least that she can blend in enough that people won't do the opposite to her. Somewhere in this world, there is a, an unhappy employee. You know the type. He's been working hard for years at this company. He's been faithful and loyal. He's done his time. He's done the work. And, and he's earned the praise of his coworkers and his supervisors. And yet, he gets passed over for every promotion. tries to go home and, and make everything feel okay, like life is good, but he can't seem to, to finally shelf that disappointment. Searching for more. Somewhere in the world, there is a woman who wakes up in the morning saying, this is the day that I'm finally going to put on that Kevlar jacket so that nothing can get to me. Nothing can hurt me. And she goes out into her life, she goes out into her relationships, and she gets hurt. She wants to talk to her friends that are inadvertently hurting her, but she feels like if she brings it up to them, they'll be catty to her. And she wants to bring it up to her husband that he hasn't been noticing her a whole lot, but he, she feels like he'll notice her even less. wondering, how can I have the fullest life? Paul wrote to people like that. He wrote to the Colossian Christians, and there were many among them who were like this. That's always how it is. They're looking for a way to, to fix the brokenness that's going on that they feel in their life. Paul knew this. And he knew that there were people in that city who were telling them exactly what they wanted to hear. The city was pretty famous for this kind of human philosophy. There were people around who were making really big promises that, that if you do what I tell you to do, then, then your self-esteem will go through the roof. And if you do the right things, your family life will finally click into place and your career will skyrocket. They'd say things like this. These are historically proven things. They said, we can give you access to angelic spirits. And we can raise you up so that you are living on a higher spiritual plane than anybody around you. If you just celebrate the right festivals and drink the right drinks, you will be successful. And they'd say things like, you know why you don't have the life you want? Because you're missing the right secrets. And we can tell you what those secrets are. And the Colossian Christians, they started to buy it. They started thinking maybe, maybe Jesus was just to start. Maybe this is the way to move forward. Maybe this is the way to get the full life that I am craving. 
I think that you know this is true as well as I do, that it's always been like that. And it'll always be like that. People who are hurting, people who are spiritually bleeding, and that's all of us. By nature, we are always searching for something that can get us a little bit further, that can make our lives a little bit more full. We're willing to try any path that can give us a way to dig ourselves out of our own problems. Paul wrote about this. If you're using your church app, by the way, to take notes on this sermon, this is your first note. Paul called these things the fundamental, or the, he called these things the fundamental ideas of the world. And the fundamental idea, the one that's driving the bus here, is that everything, living a full and healthy life, is up to you. It's up to you to make life work. It's up to you to make God work for you. And that's why Paul made such an enormous point to guard us against this. He said this in verse 8. He said, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. These are the basic principles of the world that it's up to you. You got to do it. You got to make it happen. We can see this in the world, right? Uh, I was just at Powell's Books this last week. My family wanted to see all the most Portland things that they could see, so we took them to Powell's Books. And there is a whole, almost a whole floor that is dedicated to this section of books, the self-help section. And one of the fastest growing fields of career options right now is the career choice of life coaches. It's a basic principle of the world that we are always looking for the next new thing, the most profound change that we can make to gain more fullness for our lives. We can see that, right? And I've got a question in your church app if you'd, if you'd like to think about it for later, about the ways that you can see that in the world and in your life. It's easy to see those things. What's hard to see is the truth of what we are actually fighting against for having a full life. We're fighting against sin. We're fighting against our own sin. We're fighting against others' sin. We're fighting against sin and its effects in the world. We can't see that very well and we can't always see how lost our battle is without Christ. I thought of this analogy, maybe it'll be helpful. Fighting against, against sin and its effects by trying out the newest and greatest thing would be like trying to save the Titanic from going, out, from going down with a teaspoon. You can bail and bail and bail and bail all you want and you can bail as ferociously as you can, but the ship will always sink. And that's why Paul got really, really ferocious with us here. He came at it in, in a really direct way. He said this, verse 13, You were dead in your sins. He talks this way so that he can crush all of our dreams of self-healing. He says, you were dead in your sins. That's bad. <laughs> I mean, it would be bad enough if Paul 
were to take us down to the ICU and to show us all the blinking machines and all the doctors rushing around trying to keep us alive, it would be bad enough for him to say, you were within an inch of your life, you were hanging on by a thread. That would be bad enough, but it's worse. He doesn't take us to the ICU, he takes us to the morgue. Quiet, silent, cold morgue. He points to all those little cabinets and he says, that was you. You were dead in your sins. And of course, this isn't the only time that Paul says this. He says those exact words in many of his epistles that you were dead in your sins. And I I wanted to ask you this question. Why do you think Paul takes us to that point so often? It's like he's pouring salt in the wound a little bit, right? Why does he take us to the point that he says that you were dead in your sins so often? So that we won't go back. We don't go back to the dead end basic principles of the world so that he can remind us that we don't need to search for a new connection to angelic beings so that he can remind us that we don't need to go to a a spiritual plane that's higher than the one that we've been given. It's so that he can remind us that we don't need to keep looking for the next big thing that can promise us fullness in the end. That's what Paul was saying when he said this. Verses 9 and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, which is the head over every power and authority. You want a life that is full? Trace together Paul's words. All the fullness of God's deity lives in Christ. And Christ has been given Having a full life, it, it, it means you don't have to look for something new. It means that you get to just root down further and further into what has already been given to you, into the gospel of Jesus who came down from heaven to live for you, to die for you, to rise for you. That's resurrection power. And I want to work hard this morning to connect you as, as well as I can, to illustrate for you as well as I can this resurrection-level power that in Christ is in you. I remember back to my grandma Borman. When I was a kid, uh, we lived in Houston, Texas. She lived in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Minnesota. And so we didn't get to see them all that often. But every time we went to their house, she would take me into the backyard and she'd help me to pick raspberries from their bushes that they were saving for us. And in the evening, she would make this amazing, delicious chicken and dumplings soup. And she would always make time for her grandkids. And in the last years of her life, she lived with me and my family. And so we knew her, we loved her. And when she finally went home to heaven, I remember going into the funeral and from the back of the church... I saw her still and cold face and I left. 
I didn't go back in until the casket was closed. It was too powerful, too real, too permanent. I'm telling you this because I want to illustrate you the power that in Christ has been given to you. Because Christ was like that once for you. The spark of life left his body too. His body, his lifeless body was hanging on a tree. It had to be taken down. It was wrapped in cloths and put inside of a tomb for three days. He was dead for you until he wasn't anymore. And the spark of life returned to his eyes. His limbs started to move. He stood up and he started speaking and appearing to his disciples. That is the resurrection power that Paul says has been given to you. This is what he says. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead has raised you from the dead. And this is your next note if you're keeping track. You have abundant spiritual power. You have power to live now. Isn't that incredible? And I do say that you have the power to live now, even in a world that is filled with sin and its effects. I want to talk about this power. That resurrection level power is power for the teenage girl who feels like she's got to do all these things so that she can get some love. It's power that allows her to bury that need in herself with Christ so that she can be raised with him knowing that she already has all those things. She has caught the attention of God himself who loves her, who respects her, who has saved her and redeemed her. And that's level, resurrection level power for the employee who over the years has had all of his career aspirations crushed out of him with the vice grip of time as he watches all of the less qualified people get promoted over him. That's power that allows him to bury that with Christ so that he can rise with the knowledge that he has been given the greatest promotion that anyone can be given. He is a child of God. And that's resurrection-level power for the woman who in Christ is able to put on that Kevlar jacket so that she doesn't have to be hurt in her relationships anymore. She can bury that need with Christ because she knows that she has not only been noticed by God, but she is loved by Him. Saved by him. Appreciated by him. And of course, it's not just resurrection level power for people out there. It's resurrection level power for everyone in here. And the really hard work for us is to apply that to ourselves. So I want again, I want to work really hard to illustrate how this is how you can know this resurrection level powered for yourselves. And I want to do that by sharing what it looks like in my life. 
God made me an achiever. That's just how he wired me. So you maybe know this about me. I like to just keep going, keep going, and keep pushing, and keep working. If I don't bury the bad parts of that in myself, if I don't bury that with Christ, then my achievements become my identity and I become a mess. And what it looks like is that I got to go run an ultramarathon that's longer than the last one and if I fail at that, then I am a failure as a person. And it means that, that I, it, it would mean if I don't bury it with Christ that I'm going to go and I'm going to work my tail off to, to plant this church here in Tigard and I'm going to work at that at the expense of my marriage and at the chance parent my children. And I would do that. If I, if I don't bury that with Christ, I would do that because my old self tells me that this is the only way that I can be noticed and be special. And so that's why I need that resurrection power that Christ has given me. And he has given it to me. So that I can go out and run for my health. So that I can work my tail off to, to plant this church here in Tiger, not for my glory, but for the glory of God and for the sake of his gospel. And so I can go home at the end of the day with the full knowledge that not everything got done. And I can spend time with my wife and my kids because I know that Christ has already done everything for me. That's resurrection level power for each of us. And that's what Paul means when he talks about full Christian living. You never have to go looking for something new or better or more powerful that can promise you more. What having a full Christian life means planting yourself deeper and deeper into what you have already been given in Christ. Or to put it in Paul's words, this is verse 6 and 7. Paul said, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See, Healthy, full, peace-filled Christian living does not mean moving past this truth and trying to grab onto another. That would be moving past the most powerful gift that has ever been given. That's a bad idea. Good idea? Rise again in Christ Jesus. Rise again in the fullness that has already been given you in Christ.